wing it four tips for something well we can, i mean there's there's another three there for another time one two three four one two one apple notes doesn't understand the concept of a <laughs> number num- list you're listening to the propane fitness podcast your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks with your hosts yusuf and johnny simple rules dramatic results you were reading the subtle knife. The subtle knife, and you know there's a character, or it might be in the first one, the Northern Lights. Mm. The character Siobhan. Siobhan. Cyberburn. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Hermion. Yep. Cyberburn. Hermione. My name gets butchered frequently. <laughs> if uh, if any of you listeners have me on Facebook, you'll see that I constantly put up screenshots of letters that I receive. Uh, my brother got a letter addressed to Ed Nobke. <laughs> which is not his name so people look at your we've spoken about this before with powerlifting where they look at your name written down just have a crack yeah they go and that looks challenging but I'm going to give it my best go and they get it wrong every single time the thing that impresses me is the misspellings when I make a point of spelling out my name in the NATO alphabet phonetically every time because I know that people get it wrong and they still butcher it beyond recognition and you think and then you call them up and they're like no that's not the name we have on file I'm afraid and you're like or like oh no you've, you've spelt your name wrong like, oh I've spelt my name wrong probably yeah <laughs> or what's maybe more likely is one of your colleagues has just had a crack at the name <coughs> so today we have four tips for you I was going to say they're four tips to make your training less stressful, but they don't all quite relate to that. So in any case, we have four tips. But if you follow these four tips, you will have a nicer time in your life. <laughs> and the reason that Johnny mentioned the subtle knife was the first tip is read some fiction. I think the last fiction book I read was 15, 16 years old. Since then, I'd convinced myself that I either didn't have time or that I was somehow above reading fiction and it was listening to an interview with John Berardi from Precision Nutrition that got me back onto reading fiction because he said that when he started to again he regained a sense of creative spark and joy and playfulness in his business that he didn't have before and he said I can't quite put my finger on what it is but I know that when I stop reading fiction I lose that spark so I'm getting back into it by reading the Philip Pullman series they've changed the name it used to be called northern lights now it's called the compass the something the golden compass amber spyglass separate book right i was just checking yeah (laughs) so i've heard the same thing from someone else paul mord actually i think it's probably very applicable advice to so the most people who who are listening to this podcast probably also are into self-development and they re- they probably listen to audiobooks or like when they're, when they're doing something in terms of consuming information or consuming a book or reading a book it's probably some kind of how to improve yourself or mm. learning and I think it is quite difficult I, certainly I find it difficult to like like I'm not reading a storybook they're for, they're for children yeah you know why would I read a storybook when I can read something that is actually helpful I re- used to really struggle with that I know this is such a millennial thing to say, but I prefer, I much prefer watching to reading if it's pleasure, if yeah. it's story-based. And like, I, I should caveat with the fact that I, I've also seen maybe two or three films in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as we mentioned in the last podcast, like I've just started watching Breaking Bad just on the virtue of having a girlfriend and she makes me sit down and 
watch Breaking Bad. She doesn't really, but it's it's an activity that you can do together. And mm. so for me, that's that's a very that's new thing. That's been a big shift in you as a person. And... and Johnny's been saying that the only reason I like it is because my reference point is staring at the wall. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, Johnny, have you seen this show? It's amazing. They've got professional actors and lights and sound and everything. It's the audio synced up with the visual. Oh, incredible. It's, yeah, it's very cinematic, isn't it? Clearly a lot of effort when you yeah. do this. <laughs> maybe well, I'm not the best must politician. must have been sold for tens, of, maybe 20, 30 pounds at least. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, well, I guess it depends. Being able to switch off ultimately is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if you're pounding yourself with textbooks and work-related stuff and then all of your reading is non-fiction, self-development, you can end up creating a, an atmosphere of putting a lot of pressure on yourself mm. and not having a time for what you've read to actually process and sink in. And it's the same as the need to sleep. You train and then you sleep for those gains to become consolidated. So mm. it is important to just allow your brain some time to breathe properly. And that's the same goes for walking. They, there's some neuroscience research coming out recently saying that walking helps with memory encoding and emotional processing, which is fascinating. Crazy, isn't it? just because of the somehow the speed that the atmosphere or the, the speed that your surroundings go past you as you walk is the same pace that triggers that process. Also, apparently, the um, because a lot of us, I know it's maybe different if you drive somewhere, but a lot of us spend a lot of time looking at something very close. You know, you're looking at your phone, you're looking at the screen, mm. you're reading a book, you're reading a report, whatever. You go for a walk and suddenly there's all these different depths to look at and all these different colours and you, really, you're in fresh air. It feels air. so foreign it when does. you look at something 30, more than 30 metres away. I know, like, oh, yeah. And it's, it's, walking is another thing that I, I really struggle with because it feels so pointless doing it for the sake of it. I think it's important that it's a, it is a world very different to, the, to what you do on a daily mm -hmm. basis. And even if it's just for 10, 15 minutes at the end of the day, as I guess some people would say it's escape, escaping almost, but just being able to be part of a story that's developing over time that you can have as like something you look forward to in the evening. For me, like uh, something I do, it, like my, me and my girlfriend at the end of the day, we'll, we'll always have like a Netflix series we'll watch, and it's even if it's just ten minutes before we go fall asleep, you still sort of a part of this narrative together where you can discuss the story. And I think that's what I prefer about that to reading. Personally, I'm sure people will tell me that they're very different things, but but yeah, absolutely. It's it's the it, it's a social thing, but also it's the reason we like stories in that they apply to unexpressed parts of ourselves and they allow they they you know they if you if you guys have read any Jordan Peterson as he's very popular at the moment he talks about how stories tap into the the archetypes of our mind and uh, they relate to the the much deeper parts of our unconscious that are playing themselves out and that's why we all relate to them and that's why stories fall into the same fundamental patterns this kind of eight main story types that go on and if you are a businessman or if you're into marketing as well if you follow us on propane business then it's something that we also advise from a marketing perspective and it will help you to become a better marketer and storyteller i think there's a temptation to think that watching tv or reading a book or even like playing a game or something like that is a waste of time i actually think it's up to a point it's it's a very restorative thing to do like i think you can you are more productive as a result of taking that time out which nicely segues into the second one, I suppose. It is. But I'm going to intersperse these tips with a would you rather question. Great. So the first one is, <laughs> would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? It's a very apt question for us, I think, um, isn't it? Yeah, well, Johnny and I are always, to be honest, 
being 10 minutes late would be an improvement for me because mm. Johnny and I are always more than 10 minutes late for anything. So I suppose so. the question has to be has to be based on the other idea that you're on time. Okay. So you can be on time 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early. Which would you pick? Out of the three? Yeah. Well, on time. So, <laughs> like, I, so I think I selfishly turn up late for, to be honest, I turn up late for everything. But I, it's particularly things that I think will be crap because if you turn up early for that, you've wasted more of your time. Yusuf's always late when we go for dinner with Chris or something, for example. <laughs> um, so am I. If you're Stanley. listening, Chris, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I know what you mean. Something you don't want to go to, there's no incentive to be early. And there's not even an incentive to be on time. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a definite incentive to be late. I always feel like being late, it is selfish, but it's better. It, exactly. <laughs> However, it's not a conscious decision. And even when I try and be yeah, early... It's still late. It's still late. What's so. worse is when... Because Chris is also late. And another friend who we went for dinner with last week, Ben, is also very late. So when we're meeting as a, as a three or a four, it just... It's just ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> but luckily, like, we all recognise that. And so we turn up at the same time. We don't mm-hmm. try and game each other, because I think if we did, it, it could go it very wrong. Work. Yeah, it wouldn't work. Fine. So tip number two, speaking of lateness, is <laughs> don't rush, both with training and with waiting for a train. So, <laughs> as Johnny said, so um, the, the thing that comes to mind is when you are on a bus or on a public transport or some something that is going to make you late and it's beyond your control the tendency is to get agitated about that whereas if you can resign to the reality of the situation and realize that no matter how much you fret on the train you're not going to get there any faster you can submit to what's going on and just let things take their course and yeah you'll have to take the consequence of being late maybe you'll get punched by your boss or something just take that on the proverbial chin or the lit- literal chin, and but the, the worrying doesn't add or detract from the situation. So this <clears throat> applies very much to training and to dieting as well. So if you have a 12-week diet, and that's the target, maybe that's your timeline, maybe you'll hit your target in that time, maybe you won't, but you're only in control of the inputs, and you adjust as you go along. But trying to rush things along, if you notice the timeline approaching, and you think, oh, I haven't hit my targets yet, or whatever, don't start messing with the process you very rarely have to be lean by a certain day unless you're doing a photo shoot or a wedding or something like that and and if that is the case it's much better to have prepared earlier than to just rush a diet late but unfortunately it's pretty common you see people being like right i'm going on holiday in two weeks i need to get something I, i tell all of my clients is if all we ever did while dieting was saw a negative change of any magnitude in your average weight every week, you would eventually reach your goal. With much less stress. And the time is irrelevant, really. Like, as you say, there's no deadline, unless it's your career, or there's a some sort of horrible thing going to happen mm. to you if you know you were threatened by the men in the middle of the night to be lean by a certain day. But, yeah, a drop in weight every week while living a life that you enjoy living is far easier than this short-term unpleasant existence. And the same, I think the same thing with training, something that I, a key that I use myself actually with mainly assistance exercises, to be honest. So chin-ups, for example, right now I'm on 25 kilos and it's four to five sets of five to six reps is my, is the progression scheme I'm using. So I, I had two weeks off around competing 
came to do to train yesterday and I was like, right, I'm going to bump it up to 30 kilos. I'm going to do four sets of five or 30 kilos. But instead I was like, look, I'll just chip away at the smallest increment. So I just added one rep per set. I did four sets. Last week I did, last time I did four sets of five. This time I've done four sets of six. It was easy. Mm-hmm. But the smallest progression just gives you that longevity with the exercise that and you as long as have. something is moving in the direction that you want to mm. don't try and push it any faster than that um don't think oh well i added 2.5 kilos last week so maybe i could add five this week mm. or seven point like there's no rush and actually you're just going to be spinning your wheels longer by having to go step back and you know two steps back one step forward again so especially with as johnny said when you're aiming for strength gain or muscle gain this is a lifelong process and so being rushed is only going to make you feel rushed for life and you're going to constantly feeling, be feeling like you're chasing your tail. Whereas if you have the inputs correctly, let the chips fall where they do and all you then have to do is turn up and train knowing that you're doing the right thing, then you're going to have a much more stress-free training life. Now, we did talk about this uh, a few weeks ago in one of the podcasts. I'll find the name of the episode. But saying that the caveat there is knowing that I am doing the right thing to take me to my mm-hmm. goal. And if you're not 100% sure of that, you're not going to invest in your program mentally and then things will fall apart. So you do need somebody, whether it's whether you have the expertise yourself or you can outsource that expertise to a coach to say, I'm definitely sure that my efforts are not wasted here. And when I turn up to the gym, when I eat my meals, then I'm not just stepping further and further away from my goal. I think something, something we say in a lot on kind of our you know like our, our pages where you can purchase a program or whatever like a slogan we use a lot is automate your diet and training that's what we help our clients do and what we mean by that is most people and i think this is everyone aside from you know pts and people i suppose people in academia don't have a desire to obsess over the details for the sake of it like really we're obsessing over the details so that we get leaner and we get stronger and actually what's more enjoyable is just living the rest of your life while still making that progress. So as Yusuf was saying, putting in the work, like the small bits of work every day. So five minutes, you know, five minutes before your last meal of the day, making sure that that last meal hits the macro target that you have for that day. And then that's all you need to do. The rest of the process, what your average weigh-ins mean, what adjustment to your calories that are meant to happen, that's all taken care of by someone or something else. And then with your training, you turn up, you focus on adding reps, sets, load. That's it. doesn't matter. You follow the program, you stick to it. And you're putting in the minimum amount of work while the rest of the of the, the progression, the rest of the, the journey is automated as far as you're concerned. And so the, not rushing and not worrying about reaching your goal by Monday allows you to just take a step back and actually just in, genuinely enjoy the process while in, in what we obviously help people do is we're managing everything else for them all they have to do is enjoy their training enjoy their diet and their goal eventually is just there one morning when they wake up and look in the mirror so it's a far more enjoyable way of going through this process and it's the goal that you're after not the identity Mm. and the more that you obsess over the details the more it becomes part of your identity the more socially awkward you become and really we're interested like if you're training and dieting unless you have some kind of advantage some kind of benefit that you get from being identified as a fitness person or having fitness as a hobby then really you're not interested in that what you want is the end result you want the better physique at the end of the day you want to look better naked so don't accidentally take on 
an identity in the process of that if it doesn't serve you. That's why we're always talking about doing fewer things better, simplifying things down, and then just turning up, having the physique, but without the um, without being a rod to match that, without becoming a, a melt in the process. <laughs> Mega melt. Breakfast. Mega melt. D- propane fitness. Don't be a melt. Cool. Okay. I mean, this this would you, this list of would you rather's some of them are cracking. I don't know whether you've. Seen, I presume you've seen this. You, normally, you have sources the would you rather questions. <laughs> this is my first. This I've been given the responsibility. <laughs> would you rather go to jail, do not pass go, for four years for something you didn't do, or get away with something horrible you did do but live in fear of being caught? Mm, depends if the sentence for that is more than four years. Because <laughs> if it's four years or less, then absolutely the second one. But if there's the chance of getting caught for something with a longer sentence, then... So I think what it's asking... Well, I would run the expected value criteria. <laughs> and, uh... So it's, 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 the, it's the uncertainty versus the certainty, isn't it? That's what it's, that's what it's getting at. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, spending less time in jail, if you, were, if you were to be caught at some point in the future, is better. But than the going, fear but it's the it. fear, yeah. And so it's not very nice. I think what it's saying is like you would go to jail for four years knowing I'm innocent but I'm happy to serve the sentence or you're guilty and you live in fear of being caught for something. So not only do you have the guilt of the action, but you have the fear of being caught for the action. Mm. Jail sentence aside, I think. I don't realise it's not irrelevant, but it's, it's, I think it's less relevant than you're implying. I think yeah. you've grossly misinterpreted the question. <laughs> Would you rather your shirts be always two sizes too big or one size too small? I think a lot of people who know me would say that my shirts are always one size too small. <laughs> so definitely one size too small right would you rather accidentally be responsible for the death of a child or accidentally responsible for the death of three adults these are quite grim aren't they <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to scroll down but Johnny has his scroll upside down I have my scroll the correct way <laughs> <laughs> I'm just scrolling up to go down the page here would you rather live your entire life in a virtual reality where all your wishes are granted or in the real world that's such a difficult question yeah I think it depends on the quality of the virtual reality. How good the simulation is. Well, you, you know the argument that we don't know that we're not in a simulation. Well, the well, argument that we are it. more than likely in a simulation now. Mm. In which case, then, it's not really a question. It's... What's that logic? Oh. It's, it's that humans will eventually, more than likely, will eventually be able to create a simulation of the, the real world. And so if that's the case, then there's nothing to say that actually we are much further into the future than we understand and we're currently in a simulation. And this is the simulation. Yeah. Well, Elon Musk was a proponent of that theory. Because if that's the case, like... Bloody hell. Jump at the... I'd be vexed. Yeah, but we'll never know. Just go jump off a building. The real you would be vexed, but the simulated you is having a great time. So... Well, no. Well, yeah, because actually you'd want the simulated... The simulated me thinks that it's real. Mm. If the simulated me realised that it wasn't real, fantastic. (laughs) So, tip number three, <laughs> before we go into the existential... Oh. One, one more. Okay. Would you rather be alone for the rest of your life or be surrounded by annoying people? Alone. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I've already got quite a low tolerance for... Would you rather never be able to use social media sites or apps again or never watch another movie or TV show? Easy one for you. <laughs> Would you rather have an easy job working for someone else or work for yourself but work incredibly hard? So we've done... Both. We've done that, yeah. So we've had they're, three more. They're addictive, though. those. They are. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was naughty. <laughs> so, 
Tip number three, cherish your deloads. Mm. This was actually from one of my clients, Nims. Hello, Nims. Um, said that he relishes his deloads because he, one, works so hard during the three weeks. So he's on a three weeks on, one week off program. Pretty, he works pretty so, standard, isn't it? Pretty standard, yeah. So he, he works so hard during them that he feels like he's not only earned the right to have the deload, but he enjoys it more and he has it guilt-free because he's made enough of a step forward in his training during that training cycle to warrant the deload. What he also finds that it allows him to do is focus more on stretching, reading, flexibility, that kind of thing. So he can double down on those things and periodize his life in that way. And he uses that to its fullest advantage. And I think that is a excellent way to run your training cycle so that you're fitting it into the ebbs and flows of your life. And I talk about this process in a two-part article on the website called What Happens When You Stop Training. And it goes into a period of uh, three months where I pulled back the training significantly. Um, I didn't stop entirely, but and it talks about how you can fit in some of the other pursuits in your life without letting anything regress too hard. It's a, it's a great piece of advice, really, and also something that a lot of people... I mean, I've been guilty for it as well, you know, skipping a deload because you don't want to do it because it's boring. And just going straight into just the Just go next straight cycle. into the next, yeah. But I think in reality, you're buying... You know, so, so 531 is a really common example of this. Like people start 531 and it's it's the same format you were saying. So it's three weeks on, one week off, three weeks on, one week off. And people, because the first few blocks of the, of the program are so easy, people think, oh, I'll skip it, I'll skip it. But what you're, what you're doing is investing in the longevity of the program. Is the more you take it as at the pace that it's been designed to be progressed through, the longer you'll be able to follow the program, the more you'll get out of the whole process. But it, when look, people skip the deload, they're being impatient. Mm, they're, they're which links back, to, yeah, links back to tip number two. And I think the same thing goes for rest days. I think it's also incredibly common for people that they'll be given a three-day-a-week or a four-day-a-week program, and their first question is, I want to train six days a week or five days a week. And so there's no way that that's more convenient for you, unless you're taking the same volume and spreading it, making the session shorter. But people are desperate to do more, when actually, if you train three days a week and you train with a lot of focus in a very strategic way and incredibly difficult, or incredibly hard, sorry, you've earned the rest days. Just enjoy them. Do something else with your life. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, going to the gym six days a week, even if you're splitting the volume over, it's still going to take longer because there's setup time involved in getting to the gym, showering, Mm. getting changed, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And something you mentioned there is rather than adding in more stuff straight away, how can we look at doing what we're already doing better? How can we increase the quality of the current sets? If you're doing three sets of pull downs, are they the best set of pull downs that you could possibly Mm. be doing? Or are you doing them with a bit of a lack of focus, not much mind muscle connection? Are you really trying to progress them? Are you controlling the the eccentric portion of the lift? Are your rest periods timed? All of these things that you can tighten up and get more out of those three sets rather than just throwing more at it and hoping that some of it sticks. And it's I suppose a, the the core principle of that is is keeping things simple, isn't it? And you know, if you're doing three different types of you know lateral raise, front raise, rear delt raise, face pull, but you kind of half ass your overhead press. It's like well, mm. you know, there's a there's a low hanging fruit there. Like if you just did overhead press for the next five years and progressed it slowly over time, you're going to get bigger shoulders. And you see people that go for the easier option because at the time it's easier to do a set of light lateral raises mm. than it is to do a heavy set of overhead press. And you like feel the pump in your shoulders and it, it feels like a direct 
you know, use of your shoulder, whereas an overhead press is just hard and unpleasant and you might yeah, drop you, it on your head and all that sort of stuff. But exactly. And you'll know people, you'll have seen people in the gym who are exactly what we've just described. The guy who comes in and kind of does the same way of a bunch of easy-ish exercises and avoids the hard stuff. And you're like, well, if you aggregate the time, the years that you've spent in the gym getting no results, you've probably put in more effort or more. you've given yourself more of a headache than if you just did the hard stuff in a quality way mm. and stick it, to that for a short time. It's when you time. see someone, they walk in the gym and they'll kind of look around for machines like, oh, I'll do a set of leg press or I'll do a set of leg extensions. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that. Trust me, we have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation-free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now, pick up your free training, and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode, and we'll speak soon. We're back. I got a call from Virgin there <laughs> about my disrupted service. <laughs> Which, when you're trying to record live videos, is a nightmare. Just to give everyone a, like a full, the full picture, I think, what goes on for you. Everyone has the odd time. It like maybe happens once a month where you'll get a call from someone that you're not expecting, like a call center, cold call, your internet provider, whatever. It's a bit irritating, but it doesn't happen enough for you to do anything about it. How many of these calls? I've had two in the last hour. <laughs> while, you know, while we've been recording this podcast, you, you've witnessed. <laughs> so the thing is, I can't say for sure, because maybe the only calls you get are when I'm with you. Maybe that's all of the calls you get. I, I mean, see. it's still a lot. But it's not as much as I expect when I extrapolate. Like, wow, if it's happening, hmm. it's probably one every day. No, I, I, I get much more. But <laughs> there was a period where it was I was getting absolutely see, besieged, which was when I neglected to get the domain privacy on a domain name. So if anyone's listening and is thinking of buying a domain... <laughs> You must get the domain privacy. It's an extra 15 quid or something. But if you don't get it, you will get hounded by irritating little companies that want to sell you shit services. So don't do it. I didn't know what you were going to say there when you said irritating little companies. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Oh no, you can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Woo. Oh yeah. So the do value, the value in an exercise comes when it matures. So... Just like a good cheese. Like a good cheese or wine. So, for example, yesterday, I know that hitting one extra rep per set 
on those on those chin ups. No need to get violent about it. I mean, <laughs> was was the product of like months of progression, and so because you track your training, because you're following a progression model, I know that doing those reps on chin up are you know they're very significant that exercise is, is matured for months mm-hmm. someone who comes in and does like a few curls and then like oh that machine looks interesting does a few sets of rows there's no chance for it to mature yeah well y- y- if you just you're just stabbing around in the dark with just loads of individual data points rather than a curve over time of an exercise so actually the analogy like it, it's improving your chin-ups particularly because they're such a slow frustrating movement mm. even doing the movement like you're not it's not like a a squat where you finish the squat and you're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I've defeated that squat. It's like your chin up, you're like, eh, like yeah. all the way up to the top, and you still don't feel like you fully. Mm. So it's like growing a tree. So okay. you you feed it, you give it water, you give it light, but there's no way that you can speed it up. And if you overwater it or overlight it beyond a certain point, it's not going to respond very well. What's the equivalent analogy of someone kind of dotting around? Dotting around is. Planting loads of new trees and getting really angry. Exactly. Planting loads of trees and getting really angry. And then Just the amount of effort that you've spent running around looking for mm. new plots and planting trees. So, you know, that you know we, we've spoken about this before, this idea of being, like, right at the point of being able to make progress. You're like, you've, you've got to the gym. You've probably got, like, a protein shake in your bag. Mm-hmm. You've probably even got, like, an idea of what you're going to train that day. Like, it's, maybe it's upper body, for example. You, you're there for 90 minutes. And you do loads of stuff. But that stuff serves no purpose in the context of anything other than you trained your upper body. And like, granted, there's probably a training effect. And I'm sure over time, if you really stick at it, I'm sure you will lift more weight reps or sets. But you're leaving it to chance. If you just did three exercises for, I don't know, three sets of eight to 10 and just did that, you're going to get far more progression from that. That's it. It doesn't even have to be a complex or a well thought out program beyond doing like even if it's a poorly thought out program but it just involved two x two or three mm. exercises in a session for three sets of eight mm. then because in in six months time when you come into the gym and you do you know 20 kilos more for those three sets of eight that signifies 20 kilos of progression on that exercise that you can say like am i improving with my training absolutely without question yes am i getting stronger yes am i probably building muscle yes your physique will match that and yeah. this was uh, again, a, a common question from clients is like, I want to bench 100 kilos. Um, <clears throat> will that give me a good physique or, or what? how much should I be benching, and etc.? Or like, I'm not, my physique isn't where I'd like it to be. And it's like, okay, if you bench press 100 kilos, you will have the physique of somebody who bench presses 100 kilos. <laughs> if you bench press 140 kilos, you will have the physique of that person, 180, etc. Like, you, by definition, you will have that person's mm. physique. And... There's very few people, unless they're major, grossly obese or something, that um, if they have bigger lifts, they won't look more muscular and look better. The only exception to that I can think of off the top of my head, and I know you're going to say, well, yes, he does, is Owen Hubbard. He looks all right. So, so, no, he's in great shape. That's not what I'm saying. But, but he doesn't have the... You, you wouldn't look at him and go... He's a 200 kilo bench. He looks like he benches 220. That's very true. But he does look like he benches 220. Because he does bench 220. Like, who am I to say <laughs> that, he that, that that's not what it looks like? Because that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. He looks... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, we're gonna, we can go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's just that 
it's not what I want to believe it looks like because he weighs 20 kilos nearly less than me and benches close to 100 kilos more. It's not that much. I'm exaggerating, but he is a strong person. It's all right, Johnny. I, I know it's upsetting for all of us, but... Like, I hit a 150 bench press <laughs> in competition, and that's taken me... So in 2015, I benched 147.5, right? Three years later, I've added 2.5 kilos to my bench press. Owen Hubbard, in the meanwhile, meanwhile, is 83 kilos and benches 200... In fact, I might even be wrong. He might have doubled 220. He's only 222, isn't he? Unbelievable. I might be wrong. Unbelievable. It's it's around... It's 220 or 222. You might be listening to this thinking, that doesn't sound that heavy. Go and p- try and pick up 220 kilos. In any way. Yeah. Even even with, like, use levers, use a pulley system, I don't care. Like, that, that is a lot of weight. And he has that over his face. <laughs> so, would you rather be completely invisible for one day or be able to fly for one day? It's, how could you generate the most profit Return. from that? Yeah. yeah. So, I think this is probably a fault in our personalities that that's... Most people would think, like, wow, that'd be fun. Like I could uh, go see the Himalayas, fly to the top of the Eiffel Tower, go see Mount Everest. But you and I think, what can I possibly do to create a financial return from those situations? The question is, how do you create a financial return without breaking the law? Do you have to not break the law? Well, no, but obviously there's a there's a consequence. Like, oh, it, well, I'll just sit in the women's changing room. Well, no, I mean, see, that would be a a huge waste of like. Sitting in the women's changing rooms. Yeah. Like so, you, you've been given the ability to be invisible for go, a day. Well, go, and you go, choose to sit in the women's changing rooms. Go invisible. Room. You could sneak into a bank and steal loads of Bitcoin. You know, the big bags <laughs> of Bitcoin that they have. Um, whoever invented Bitcoin probably heard that thinking, oh. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it's his own fault. He shouldn't have put them in bags. I've heard a, there was a thing saying that um, Bitcoin, people have been encrypting illegal, naughty material. Naughty coin. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, like, like very, like, like really like, dark. Yeah, like child, child abuse stuff. and stuff yeah. in uh, in Bitcoin, and so they right. may it may cause it to be what what they've been putting that into what? I mean, how does that work? You know, I, I feel I feel like I can't fit it into a pound coin. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's one of those, it's so abstract. You're like, firstly, why? Secondly, <laughs> what have you done? And how? Which is how would why, you even begin? I know. We'd, and, and how do you find someone that wants it? It, it? To be honest, it's the same way that going invisible and stealing Bitcoin from a bank is probably <laughs> beyond, beyond our ability, if that's the way that we're thinking. It's like that time my dad went to the Apple shop in London and asked to buy an iCloud. Would you rather be locked in a room that is constantly dark for a week or a room that is constantly bright for a week? Dark. Just have a good, more, good m- old sleep. Much more peaceful. Time it during your deload. Use uh, it as a chance to recover. I think if you were in a completely pitch black room, in fact, you know what I would do, and I've always wanted to do this, but there, there is no opportunity for it. Mm. I read a, an article once about a man who went and spent like a, two weeks in a cave and just slept in accordance with how tired he felt. Because uh, when you're not influenced by natural light or artificial light, you fall into a... He was saying he fell into two small chunks of sleeping. Like two four-hour chunks of sleeping. See, and, and, and we were discussing this the other yeah. day. I'm very tempted to start doing that. Which po- is polyphasic sleeping. Yeah. I think it would be a fantastic experiment. I've tried it a bit, and honestly, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure I could if I 
really, really gave it a go. But a couple of days in, I was like, this is totally unsustainable. I think you have to really want to just to get through that transition period. Mm. I think you need a couple of weeks, don't you, to really adapt and then... Why don't we talk about, in the next episode, we'll talk about sleep and... Sleep and things. Well, yeah. I'll, and, I'll and why polyphasic sleep might be a might be a good idea. This could be the birth of an experiment to keep you guys updated. That'd be so interesting. Speaking of which, I need to do an update for Project Swole, which will be out by the time this podcast comes out. But um, I've had a few people asking, how is Project Swole going? So tip number four is whatever gets you in the door. Whatever. Whatever. So a knife, a I, gun, baseball bat, boot. All those things get you in the door, don't they? True. Like if I had a knife and said. Let me in the door. Get in the door or let me in the door. You would do both. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, whatever the tool needed. Carrying a legal weapon. What I mean by this is headspace is something that I used to take the mick out of because I thought it was kind of the muck meditation. Muck meditation. Um, it's because it's kind of, it's it's a, if anyone doesn't know, it's, a, it's an app that takes you through guided meditations and cute cartoons and that kind of thing. And I, I, I kind of resisted it because it makes light of the amount of work that's required to get some benefit from mm. meditation. Yeah. Looking back, I was overly harsh on it because what it's done for a lot of people is got people through the door. It's got people meditating who wouldn't have otherwise done it. And so the same applies for boot camps, CrossFit, named diets, that those kind of things. If they start people on the process of a positive change that they wouldn't have done otherwise, even if it's suboptimal then really that's done them a good thing as long as they can graduate from that right so i actually have a slightly different opinion on this okay and that is i think that headspace for me it got me it got me meditating certainly or rather i hadn't interested i had an interest in meditating headspace was a convenient vehicle for that but i think it it definitely created a false understanding for me of what was required Hi, that, it's day four. So have you noticed any benefits yet? You must be feeling fantastic now. Three minutes of meditation a day. I, yeah. I think not necessarily boot camps or CrossFit, but Herbalife, Weight Watchers, Juice Plus, Green Aloe Vera, whatever, all that bollocks. Like, They're all telling you. They're getting you in the door, sure, mm-hmm. but they're getting you in the door by lying to you. Yeah, I, I mean, there and are I definitely some examples. Like Booty and those kind of things are not yeah. promoting a healthy lifestyle. They are simply like the... I can't imagine people will be making a positive change in their activity based on drinking booty. No, yeah, it may correlate, but yeah, if that's the yeah, so. But so, I, I suppose my my issue is I don't think I don't I I mean it could be wrong, but certainly when I did Headspace, I don't remember there being any acknowledgement of like, look, guys, this is ten days, ten minutes. It's a sample, but to really get a shift and change on this, you have to really commit to it. Because I remember thinking, if I do ten minutes a day, like I. I'll be up there with the Buddhist monks in, in no time. Mm. Um, and I think probably it's, it's that problem is more pervasive in the fitness industry. You know, this idea of like, all I need is this protein shake, all I need is this supplement, all I need is this exercise plan. Before I know it, I'll be in the best shape of my life from this 10 minutes of whatever. What's the solution to that? Just don't bother. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? The solution is the propane protocol. True. What's the propane protocol, Johnny? Mm. You'll find out. Um, Coming so- soon. <laughs> one man, one opportunity. Sorry. Enhanced his physique <laughs> through a series of black book ops. <laughs> black book ops. <laughs> Techniques. 
mastering their craft. Uh, so I think the solution is... Solution. Solution is when you mix water and salt. Salt and water creates a solution. Nice. Uh, hey, uh, that hey. was good. Um, Speaking of salt and water, would you rather be able to control fire or water? Oh. Ooh. Water. Ooh. More. Oh, no, both are very profitable. <laughs> how would you profit from... How would you... Water would be better, because then you could become a renewable energy company. <laughs> what are you doing today, Yusuf? I'm going to become a renewable energy company. Guys. All by myself. Uh, you won't believe this. <laughs> I can control water. Yeah, whatever, mate. All right. And what would you do with fire? Burn stuff. Uh, become a non-renewable energy company. So, like... Is fire an energy? I feel like fire is the byproduct of the energy. Mm, yeah, when when they say can you control fire, does that mean you still need a fuel for the fire? Or well, you are the fuel. Just a renewable. Oh, that's a good point. Actually, like it doesn't say you can create fire. Yeah, you it just says just... you can control it. Maybe we should get we should get in touch with these people and ask for some clarification. Would you rather have everything that you eat be too salty or not salty enough, no matter how much salt you add? Not salty enough. What would you choose? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Too salty can be really awful. If anyone's ever had salty licorice, if you've oh, been if you've been to God. a Scandinavian country or to Iceland with you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get the maximum salt one. They, they go. I mean, the thing to... you gave me was abhorrent. Like really, <laughs> is that is that the correct? Is yeah, it? they they go up. I mean, that that was a low low to mild level. Seriously, salty. They, they go up to like. You know, only the indigenous people will eat. Only the the salt folk, (laughs) the saltmen, the salt tribe of Salt Lake City in Saltsville, Saltsville, Tennessee. So (laughs) those are our four tips. So they are making your training less stressful. So number number one, one, read some fiction. Number two, don't rush. Number three, cherish your deloads. And number four, whatever gets you in the door. That is it for this episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. I hope that was enjoyable. We will be back next week with some more tips. Let us know any requests for topics or anything you want us to address. Any problems, questions that have been plaguing your existence for years and you just want us to finally sort those myths out for you, we will come in and save the day drinking a can of Vimto Zero. (laughs) They're great, by the way, incidentally. Also, if you would like to have a two-way conversation with us, then you can join our Yusuf's Smiling because he thought I was going to say something dirty, which gives you uh, an impression of Yusuf's state of mind. Uh, You can join our Flexible Diet Hacks Facebook group, which is a relatively new Facebook group. There's lots of fun stuff going on in there and that's a more convenient place to ask us questions. So if you just go to the Propane Fitness page on Facebook, it's a linked group. It's completely free. You can request to join and we will add you then. We'll speak to you next week. Bye. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this driving in your car and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or 10 or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps, we give you links to things we talk about, and we also give 
chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Shop, shop.